Yes, hello. It's Jason Liu. Welcome back to the 101st episode of the Ultra Culture Podcast. Yes, it only took us like five years to get to 100 episodes, but we're on a roll now. As you've probably noticed, we're putting putting episodes out every Monday weekly, and that is thanks to the team at Ultra Culture. And I wanted to take this episode since we have now hit over 100 to kind of check in and talk about the journey so far. It's been seven years now of running magic.me and the company itself is kind of a lot older in a way, in some ways. So I kind of, there's a lot of new listeners. It's been a crazy road. I wanted to kind of like recap and look back on where we've been and spotlight the team who aren't usually on the, or are never on the podcast, but I wanted to take a moment to spotlight them so you can find out what we're doing behind the scenes here. This is kind of the behind the scenes episode. And also, in addition to that, we have some big news. Not only do we have a new course coming out, which yes, we do, but we are starting to roll out what we are very creatively calling magicme. or magic.me 2.0 we are refreshing basically the entire site and it's the beginning of a completely new era. We are going to be launching new courses regularly now. They are going to have high definition video, high definition audio. So if you took the Alchemy of Chaos, even basically the same quality as that or even better at this point, a lot better. And we have listened to pretty much seven years of student requests of what you want, what you like, what you don't like, and all of that is going to be folded into the new version. All killer, no filler. It's going to be, for instance, handouts, text, not just me talking, units with quizzes and all kinds of, it's going to be more of an online education site. And we have refined what people really like and it's going to be great. So we're starting off with our new course which is called Introduction to Magic and this is at this point the ultimate introductory course for this topic and it is going to happen as a as a live all-day intensive. We're starting out with a live intensive event. It's happening April 23rd and you can Order pre you can pre-order tickets now, which you probably want to hop on because you get lots of extra cool stuff if you pre-order. Like, for instance, exclusive NFTs for those who jump in at that level, which you will never be able to get again. Tons of exciting stuff. In Introduction to Magic, we're going to walk you through hand by hand, or step, we're going to walk you through step by step everything that you need to know to get booted up fully doing magic for career success, financial success, artistic, uh, artistic or creative success if you're a creative person. And we're not just going to be talking about magic. It's not just, an inter not just a lecture. We're going to be doing magic a lot in the course. It's going to be a completely transformative event. And whether you are completely new or you've been around for 20, 30 years, you're going to be completely transformed by this event including if you're an existing magic.me student, you're definitely going to want to jump on this because it's a completely new spiral level up of this entire project. Very exciting. 
We're going to talk about it more in this podcast. So we will be discussing some more of the details. But if you want to jump on it now, go to magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. It is called out clearly at the top of the page. And the course is called Introduction to Magic. Get your ticket while you still can. There are a lot of limited features that you have to jump on right away during the pre-sale or you will not be able to get them, including virtual reality magic. We're actually going to be doing magic in VR instead of just talking about it. We're going to be doing group rituals for everyone's tremendous, absolute success on all levels, material, financial, spiritual, everything. You're going to, you're going to look better. It's going to be great. Okay. So lots of fun. Go check it out. All right. Now let's kick it off. So anyways, basically long story short, I wanted to take this moment to bookend what has gone before and announce what is yet to come. So kind of, this is a transitional podcast for posterity. All right. So I wanted to kick it off by introducing my team. So first off, I wanted to introduce Rafael Bajo, who has been basically the backbone of this company for two years and has been is pretty much responsible for keeping the show going handling all kinds of stuff he is our chief administrative officer and you if you've you you may have interacted with him before on support and things like that but rafael you want to introduce yourself hey thank you for uh, having me on jason <laughs> this is uh the first time i'm on a a podcast that's actually being put live um yeah thank you for the kind words <laughs> yeah so you joined you joined the team like literally i think like the week before covid hit right or a few weeks before yeah it's like it's either a week or like two weeks before covid hit and it's like it, it, it's it's been crazy but at the same time like really fun i'm glad it's been fun because hold on a sec are we good danny okay yeah, it's been pretty crazy to say the least. I mean, we've had to move. The business ended up, you know, me personally and the business ended up having to move like seven times before we got oh, it yeah. right during 2020. It was just brutal. I was not sleeping for like a year. It was, you know, the business went through tremendous changes and I went through lots of personal changes and it's been, yeah, it's it's been real. I'm sure COVID has been real for everyone, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been a wild ride, uh, wild ride, but uh, you know it's been fun, and and it's literally you know exceeded my expectations, um, you know coming into the this company because you know I, I came into this company like fresh, um, you know we're a startup but not really, you know like you you we kind of like uh, classify uh, Magic Dot Me as a as a scale up. Um, and it's like when I first started, you know, I told you like I wanted, I wanted to learn. I wanted, you know, um, to learn everything about business, uh, marketing, um, basically, you know, from A to Z, you know, so I can take it on uh, with me. Um, and it's been awesome, you know, hearing your your stories and <laughs> all the cool uh, tangents, you know, that we, <laughs> we always had, um, and. Yeah, you've been you've been an awesome you know teacher to me and um, 
boss too at the same time. So Sweet. I'm very grateful for that. Well, thank you. I mean, like we definitely could not have got to this point without you, without your help. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's been that that's definitely one of the interesting things about working in small companies. You pretty much get to do everything yeah. or you get to do as much as you yeah. want, as much as you want to do. So yeah, it's been pretty crazy. And it's, it, it it's been really cool the last year or two because we've just between you and i we've pretty much pushed the company out on the edge of technology at this point with oh yeah with, oh, which yeah. is kind of crazy the amount of stuff that we are and it's all going into this new course too i mean the amount of stuff that we've been able to leverage into this business at this point i mean from what like cloud services artificial intelligence serverless what else web3 nfts blockchain right. like there's probably stuff i'm forgetting too like it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous like how fast technology is progressing and also like how quickly we've, we've kind of been able to start getting out on the edge of that which people are going to start seeing more and more manifest of as we go forward oh, yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing um you know we've, we've been talking about a, a bunch of stuff and it's gonna be so cool to you know put it out and have everyone take a look at uh, you know all the hard work we've been doing and you know have them like see like oh wow this is like you know this is what they've been working on you know yeah what what's the most of of the stuff that we can kind of reveal publicly like the stuff that's been announced for the course what's the most mm -hmm. exciting for you technology that you think we've been we've been playing with ai ai that's like that is like mind blowing yeah how right? amazing that that um that thing is like it's like it, it it's helped us in in you know like data scraping putting everything together um you know and and we can we basically use ai in every single part of the business and it's like it, it made work so much better and like smoother at the same time so yeah it, yeah that AI is, is like, it's yeah that boggles my mind constantly it seems like i'm finding new stuff every day too just <laughs> yeah exactly and, and like you share it with me like every single time you you find something i'm like whoa that is <laughs> nuts i'm like yeah yeah i haven't even put in yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous like i think so probably the most obvious place people are seeing that is the podcast art covers are ai generated now that are going yeah. on on youtube yeah. like those are those are ais and that is that just that is insane i mean some of those ais are like pre like if i was an artist i'd be pretty damn worried to be honest because like those ais are getting pretty good so yeah but yeah so definitely uh, we're 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 you know my kind of goal was for the last year is just to kind of like merge with technology completely and become a, a post you know an augmented post-human being yeah. and just merge with the cloud so yeah that's gonna end yeah that's gonna just accelerate i think because we pretty much laid the bases down for everything yeah but yeah obviously like and if the nft stuff has been exciting and we are of course putting out a new set of exclusive nft wealth talismans that for the early birds to this course so we're kind of like also getting booted up on metaverse virtual reality nfts all of that and that's yeah, yeah that's definitely like a kind of a stop and start learning process but but these things are so new i mean i guess that's to be expected yeah and it's super fun like just learning about them like seeing the whole process and 
and engaging within you know that nft space and metaverse space it's it's you know it's a learning experience and it's it's amazing you know yeah yeah and that this 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 new court the introduction of magic is going to be really interesting because we're based that's like pretty much other than the nfts and some of the ai stuff that's pretty much the first time we're unveiling this stuff to the audience i mean we're going to have everyone we're going to have the students those who are part who choose to be part of that part of the class we're going to have students in basically doing magic in the metaverse live in real time and we're going to incorporate yeah. nfts into that and it's going to be pretty nuts pretty nuts and we've kind of we did it we did one test run right like six months ago where we had a we did yeah. a ritual in vr and it went like amazingly well actually there everyone was kind of like standing around for a few minutes in this vr space trying to kind of like okay well we're in vr kind of what do we do now and nobody was quite sure yeah. what to do at first but then one of the students who's just you know, of indian heritage just like suddenly just out of nowhere like busted out with this whole like shiva puja like ritual to the god god shiva and and it basically just started directing everyone and we all did it wasn't even me like we were just following him and we all did it and it like we could all feel it like it felt very like oddly spiritual and holy and and everyone kind of was having the same experience we were just standing around a fireplace in vr kind of doing this ritual of people from all over the planet and then afterwards the student that was doing it said i don't know where that came from like he'd never done this before and he just said like you know you know, people might, you know, people in my extended family or my ancestors did this, but I've never done this kind of thing. It just came out of me, wow. which was amazing. It's kind of like, I feel like that's, you know, the potential for that. Cause it also re re resolves and gets rid of a lot of the social awkwardness maybe that people might feel if it was like in real life, which is always awkward. So now that we're in VR, it's kind of like the sky's the limit and yeah, I would love to get to a point where, I mean, I would love to go as far as possible with that technology, particularly as we get NFTs into it. And, and yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be awesome. So speaking of NFTs, our new employee is Danny Carewood, who is our chief content officer, who has just joined the, maybe like, how long have you been working? About a month, I think. Two months. Two months. Whoa time flies yeah that's crazy so danny has been an amazing addition to the team danny was one of the one of the standout rock stars of our nft gallery and then we just started just started talking and she has now come on basically doing pretty much producing the podcast and the video and doing some of the ai and nft work and and just really really assisting with the operation so wanted to welcome on danny and introduce you also if you want to say hi Hi, hello. I'm trying to figure out what to say about myself. That pretty much sums it up. I did not ever think I was going to be doing this. I uh, was a magic.me student, still am, always a student. And the last job that I worked at was not a job I liked. And I remember listening to one of the Ultra Culture podcast episodes. And I did a ritual putting it out into the universe that I would love to work for something like that. And here I am talking about it on that podcast. <laughs> so, so magic works, you would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but you have you have a background in magic as well, as well as 
a tremendous background in in jazz guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's what I uh, studied in school was uh, jazz performance. I got my bachelor's and my master's studying that, and I've been best friends with audio engineers deep in the industry the entire time. So I've gotten to um, learn a lot from just being around people better than me all the time who know a lot more than me. It's been a very good learning experience. So, so you're running, you're, you're pretty much running the whole AV at this point, like the, the video and the audio. So if listeners are glad that podcasts are coming out every week, you have Danny to thank <laughs> as well as Raphael's putting them online. But yeah. I, I, previous mm-hmm. to Danny coming on, I was basically recording, mixing, mastering and, and at doing all the music and basically doing everything myself, which is super fun but took like four days of a podcast. So Danny is, it's pretty much a full-time job. So Danny is now doing that full-time job so that we can continue to grow the company and move forward. And hopefully we're gonna be adding more people down the road as well. But we're pretty focused right now on just, just getting fully operational and getting courses out regularly, getting podcasts out regularly, getting YouTube out regularly. I mean, it seems like we're pretty much on track for that, I, I hope. It seems like it seems like pretty pretty much everything's coming together. Yeah. What did you say, Raphael? Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So I feel good. I feel good again. So because because obviously COVID was difficult for for two years, yeah. and and if anyone listening to this runs runs a business, you know, yeah, it's been it's been <laughs> interesting. So, all right, well. Let's see. So what should we talk about? I mean, I was maybe wanted to kind of go back in time and recap how we got here because I don't think that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't really ever said the origin story of the company or of me for that matter, really on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've listened to all the episodes that that would be a good segue for episode 101 is why you started this business and how. Okay. Yeah. I'll try to be succinct. But it has been a, no, I think it's actually probably hopefully interesting for people because it has been a insane journey. So I, yeah, I guess I don't really talk about myself a whole lot, oddly, because it feels like I just talk nonstop. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, I got, in, you know, this, this stuff, what is publicly known about me? I mean, I, I got interested in magic when I was 16 and I actually came up with the logo for this business and its name ultraculture when I was 16, 16 or 17, sitting in the back of physiology class in high school, drawing sigils, which was the year 1998. It was before the first Matrix movie came out. <laughs> first starting to get into this stuff. Yeah. And then, then everything started to feel really real in 99 when, you know, Matrix was coming out, things like that. And it was just in the air. And then 9-11 kind of destroyed everything. But yeah, like basically I'm I'm a tail end rave kid that came out of the chaos and cyber culture era of the 90s where everyone was into it was like an incredibly positive time it, and it's interesting to talk about that now that kind of this war is happening because you know the Soviet Union had fallen, the Berlin Wall had fallen, it felt like everything was just going to be an infinite party forever. Like we weren't worried about nuclear war for the first time and now we are again unfortunately. But it was just like this kind of, it was like the second 60s, the 90s, it really was, but it was the 60s plus oh, the, the internet 
because the internet was, it really was like the electronic 60s. And I think anyone who lived through that time will probably say that. It was just this time of boundless optimism. The internet was going to bring everyone together. And the experience was kind of created by the, the, the combination of that, of the internet plus ecstasy. Because everyone was taking shit tons of MDMA. Not so much me, because I was a little younger. I was still in high school, although I definitely did a lot later. But, <laughs> but there's someone I met did. But obviously MDMA gives you this sense, particularly, you know, the whole rave experience is standing in a field or a warehouse with thousands of strangers and everyone's in love with everyone else because they're all on MDMA and they're just kind of dancing to like super positive techno or whatever. And just having these intense conversations of like, I love you. No, I love you. This is awesome. The, what if the whole world could do this? It would solve war. Like, you know, we're all coming together and the internet's going to bring everyone together and we're going to be all one like mass Buddhist consciousness of just love. And, you know, we're just going to solve all the world's problems with the internet and it's going to be great. And I kind of think the metaphor uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the metaphor that dominated that age was the fall of the Berlin Wall. It was the fall of walls because the wall had fallen. Ecstasy was taking down the interpersonal walls between people and the internet was taking down the communication walls between people. So it was just everyone coming together. And the stuff that I was reading at the time was like Doug Rushkoff, who I've had on the podcast, Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, and... Tim Leary's early stuff about chaos and cyberculture just it was it was a new 60s and I don't think anyone realized at the time how special it really was because it all came to a grinding halt on 9-11 and that was the basically the brutal long come down of 9-11 Guantanamo realizing our government's torturing people you know people are dying and terrorism we're going to these wars for no reason and just destroying countries. I actually heard on the news yesterday that people in Afghanistan, now that we pulled out of Afghanistan, are selling their organs for food. And oh, yeah, like imagine that, or their children. And that's 95% of the country is starving, 95%. And that's, that's basically in the wake of the US destroying that country for no reason. In, yeah. in the way in the wake of 9-11 outside of I don't know financial gain graft whatever and then Biden just completely pulling out and leaving that country in just desolation and and this is a slight tangent I mean I feel it's pretty obscene that America is upset about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on stage <laughs> like oh my god like this is so violent and like putting out think pieces about like this you know this is violence and in the public square and all that it's like meanwhile our country is <laughs> reducing people to having sell, sell their organs to eat that's violence it was real violence yeah. you know Will Smith slapping someone on stage like okay so tangent as I do but <laughs> but you know, for me, when I first got into magic as an expression of that boundless hope and optimism and, you know, the internet and, and for me, magic and technology were always one thing in my head because I came out of that era. And, you know, nobody was really talking about Thelema or old school magic or anything like that. It was chaos magic. That was the time of chaos magic. And it was, it was just like rave graphics, internet, ecstasy, you know, create your own reality. It's going to be awesome. And it was awesome. And then the come down after 9-11 was so brutal that magic then became a survival tactic for me. And I ended up working for Genesis Peorage and then Genesis became my mentor for seven years. And I just kind of ended up having this crazy life where 
you know, I kind of ended up going all over, you know, once I got out of college, I went to Kathmandu. I ended up undergoing shamanic training in the Himalayas in Kathmandu. I ended up exploring all these crazy magical traditions like Hinduism, Buddhism, Tantra, NLP, ceremonial magic, the Lama, Enochian, advertising, you know, all these different things just because I, I became obsessed because I got my first book contract in 2003, right out of or 2002, right out when I was still in college for Generation Hex, which was basically started out as this project of, okay, I want to express this feeling of this incredible utopian thing happening and spotlight you know, young people like myself who are living in that moment. But then it became, because of 9-11, it became triage. It became, how do we make, how do we like stop the bleeding and maintain whatever we can of the utopia we were supposed to live in? And like Danny, we were talking about this the other day. Like I was telling you, like there, there's an alternate dimension we could all be living in right now, which is if, you know, obviously George W. Bush stole the election in 2000 in Florida. But if Al Gore had won, I actually met Al Gore in 93. I have a picture of me shaking his hand. What? Yeah, I, I've lived a lot of weird lives. So if Al Gore had won in 2000, Al Gore's basically cultural, he had tapped Ken Wilbur to be his cultural advisor. Yeah, that's right. Who's kind of like the great transpersonal psychologist of the 90s. So imagine a future in which instead of George Bush handling 9-11, we had had Al Gore focused on the environment, advancing kind of like human consciousness with with Ken Wilber and pretty much the whole world was supposed to look like Burning Man but instead we got the Crusades part 72 yeah yeah and and I've basically been just in a state of total anger about that for my entire life until I ended up realizing you know what it's like well if I'm angry about it what am I doing like what am I doing to try and not just resurrect this but push it forward <laughs> So that's how I kind of ended up in this mess and uh, which is, and, and now unfortunately people don't, people don't even remember that anymore. They just associate magic with like super goth, like Crowley and the grimoires and dark academia and like all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, that stuff's great too. But like, I'm a, I'm a rave kid. Okay. Like that's who I am. Like that's where I come from. I'm, I, I'm a kid, like I'm a kid who got into this through, through basically the internet raves MDMA, you know, this is just a totally, and that was like peak. It was peak vibe. So, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, I put out generation hex. I, when I was 23 and then I put it out as a journalist and writing about it. And somewhere in there, the lines started to blur from me writing about it to me embodying it. Because that's how people were reacting to me, which I think as a 23-year-old is pretty hard to resist. Quite frankly, I mean, musicians probably know about this. But, you know, like I, I went from being a journalist writing about magic as a cultural phenomenon to being a magician. And that was pretty bizarre and resulted in... A lot of interpersonal chaos. I guess it was an initiation. It was a crossing the abyss. I ended up losing. I was working for Disinfo, Disinformation Books at the time. I was their their book editor in New York at a college. I ended up basically going from that to pretty much die, almost dying in the suburbs of Vancouver, unable to get out of bed, and you know, just like going through this total abyssal, cliffotic experience on the come down from that. 
Moved to New York, got into advertising, ended up working for big corporations, reinvented myself again. And I tried really hard to get away from magic for a long time. I tried to reinvent myself doing advertising. I ended up working for these corporations. I ended up working for Buzz Aldrin at one point and, and the American and Indian space programs. And I just started doing magic at the corporate level. But I just got to this point where I was so angry. By the time I got to like 30, I was just so angry because I'd spent 10 years trying to get this idea out into the culture. And I felt like, you know, like it didn't really go anywhere. Like people didn't get it. People just react, were reacting to me. Like I was just some crazy person or just like, oh, like you're 30. Don't you think you should be, should have stopped being goth by now? Like this type of thing. And I had just been working on all these projects, whether it was, you know, kind of jobs I've been working on or like I helped start the blog Dangerous Minds, which is still going. I was one of the, the founding members of that or, or like I just basically, I think like young people in their twenties go through this. I just gone through so much disillusionment and, you know, being told that I need to work for exposure, which every artist knows about and getting stiffed on projects and just pouring my heart and soul into things that even if they did work, we're kind of at the end of the day, just me propping up other people and kind of hiding behind them, which was amazing to learn. But I just got to 30 and I was like, okay, my resume is a crater and my resume is writing books about the occult. I mean, every single thing I've done since the age of 16 has been magic. Every job, every relationship, every, just literally everything. And just my resume looks bizarre. So I just, and I just ended up kind of in this dead end job trying to make ends meet. And I was just like, it's over. Like I, I kind of lost hope. I was like, nobody's in, it's not going to happen. Nobody cares about magic. The counterculture is over. No one remembers that any of this even happened. You know, nobody else seems to be taking it that seriously. Like the, the utopia that was supposed to be just wasn't. And maybe I should just grow up and, and just let go of all of this. And I just ended up in this kind of dead end job for, for four years until I eventually just got so angry and I felt so trapped. It's like, no one's ever going to, you know, my career ambitions are over. You know, it's like, I got so angry that I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, you know, I don't, I don't like, even if I have to do all of this myself, I'm like, literally if no one helps me, if I get no support from anyone in the universe, I'm just going to do it. And that's when I started this business. And I started this business as an actual business. I didn't have been doing it as a publishing side project and things like that for a while, but as an actual business entity, I started this business literally riding the city bus on a laptop, you know, just like on nights and weekends, bathroom breaks, you know, like, like at 30 starting over. And it took me two years before I made $2 at it which was Google AdSense off of the original blog, Ultraculture. But what I learned in that, I started to actually give myself a technical and business education and learn how to do every, I just was like, well, if no one's gonna help me and everyone's gonna stiff me, then I'm gonna learn to do everything myself. And I've ended up learning, I mean, both of you probably have a sense of just the amount that I have to like pass on to you. It's like all of it, like business, technology, front-end development, back-end development, payroll, management, audio, video, marketing, on digital market, like it's just the, it, the list goes on forever. So yeah. yeah, which I think you both <clears throat> probably have a sense of, I mean, just the amount that it takes to do this. So 
Yeah. So, but it was pretty crazy. I mean, it's kind of like looking back, I went through, I guess, you know, the two things that I want to pass on to everyone from that experience is I had two really important mental shifts in all of that. One was when I started the business, and these just completely turned my life around. And I think that anyone could use these mental shifts, no matter what it is you do. It obviously doesn't necessarily apply to magic. It just applies to life, I think. And I think being a creative person, by the way, I don't necessarily recommend this path if you're a creative person, because you'll you think about it a lot, because you go from being a creative person to a business person, and then all of your day is spent running a business. So if you don't want to take that on and you just want to focus on your craft, it's probably not the path to take. It definitely solves some problems, but it, it creates a ton more. One of which is you're not doing really your creative work as much anymore. You're, you're filling out paperwork. So, but that's the decision I decided to make. So the two big shifts were one was when I realized I should basically stop whining about other people, not taking me seriously, not giving me chances, not assisting me, not wanting to do my ideas. And I just need to man up and do it myself and not do this thing. Like I whined so much for like 10 years of like, oh my God, like culture sucks. Why is everything, everything's falling apart. Everything's awful. Like, you know, like things could have been so good and everyone's dropping the ball. And I just spent 10 years focused on everything that everyone else was doing that was wrong. And it caused me a lot of just, I was just angry all the time. And then I was just said, well, you know, like what, what have I done? you know, really, I mean, I had done a lot at that point, but it's like, well, just, just you do it. And so I did. And that completely changed everything. The other was even when I started this business, I was kind of, I had not reconciled my idea to myself to the idea of magic. I was writing about all different kinds of things on the blog. And I, I realized that actually the people reading what I was writing were mostly interested in magic, which was huge for me. Cause I thought nobody cared anymore, but it was actually quite the opposite. I mean, now everyone's into magic. So it was just like one of these things like lust of result with magic. As soon as you, you know, lust of result, as soon as you give up hope that it's ever going to work, that's when it, when that's when it does work. <laughs> so that's what's happened with the culture. Like all that, you know, the whole, all youth, every, all zoomers are into magic. Now it seems it's like everyone's into magic. It's everywhere. And that's exactly what I said was going to happen in 2003. And now it has. So the spell worked, but. I think, you know, so yeah, now we have Brooklyn witches and all of this stuff, you know, everyone's into it. So, but the other one was the shift that I made was going from thinking about myself uh, and by which I mean, you know, why isn't anyone taking me seriously or why aren't people wanting to do my ideas or, you know, any of the, or basically just thinking about how can I you know, get more known or get whatever for myself or even more than that thinking, just being embarrassed all the time, like all the time, just like, Oh my God, like, how did I, why did I do this to myself? Why did I make myself this freak? Why did I put out these books about magic? You know, it's like, everyone just thinks I'm ridiculous. You know, people don't get it and they don't want it. And it was just, I've ruined my life by making myself into this person. And that was just all thinking about me. And I, the, I think the most profound shift that happened in my mind in 2015, that has, that is basically responsible for this business being successful and, and things going well 
is going from that to thinking to realizing like to focusing 100% on customers and students 100% and not about myself at all it's like you know what I, I i realize you know it's like i had this conversation with myself where i said like you've literally done a phd's amount of work in this material you know the john d book is my phd you know dissertation and and you're whining about how everyone about how you're a freak and nobody wants what you have it's like well or or how you you know you're, you're embarrassing it's like no it's like the stuff that you know people really want it it can really help help people so stop thinking about yourself and 100% start thinking about what the stuff that you, you know what you can do for other people with what you know like you use the stuff to help other people and just get out of thinking about it as some type of like personal style you know accessory or or the subculture thing it's like 100% focus on how you can use what you know to help other people cuz now you're 33 years old you know like better figure it out and and as soon as i made that distinction and i and i just turned it around into how can i use what i know to serve other people everything opened up that's the key to business you know how do you how can you serve other people not how can you make the thing that you think is coolest or that fits what you want the most but how can you what create the thing that your customers want the most and will help them and serve them the most and and help them in their lives and so that's basically where magic.me came from and then as soon as i made that shift in my head everything went away everything went away the anger the embarrassment the shame and guilt the the you know lamenting that i hadn't just taken a, an easier more normal path in life or just the insecurity about going forward it just all went away and it just suddenly became clear it's just like focus on your customers focus on what they want so that's how we've and that's kind of what i've tried to pass on to both of you a little bit i think i mean that's basically what we're we're building the business on wouldn't you say yeah it's definitely yeah. like drinking from a fire hose what do you mean by that uh cuz it's it's i i realized the weight and the gravity of the situation how important this is cuz there's other people that are trying to do the same thing, but they don't have the same mindset as you do or as this company does. So this is a really special thing, you know? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, ha we, we can only rely on uh, the feedback of our customers Yeah. for that. And, but, you know, like, as you know, Raphael, it's like we have put in a psychotic amount of research into figuring out what people like and don't like. Oh yeah. oh yeah, 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 and yeah, and and all of that's going to go into Magic Me 2.0 in terms of you know, and I I like I don't really have any interest at all in just repeating stuff that's gone before. You know, we could sit here and talk forever, right, Danny? I mean, like we could sit here and talk forever about how to do a sigil. What did Crowley do in 1914? Yeah, we can just so. quote the Book of the Law all day and tie it to everything and make gamatria correspondences about everything yeah or alternately we could try to like create the new be-all end-all system that's like the most like <laughs> double k occult yeah. like hardcore <laughs> like you know edgelordy stuff but it's like i just don't have any interest in it yeah well it's it's not gonna alleviate suffering long term that's one thing that the pandemic did for me is it dropped everything that i realized was ridiculous because when it actually hit the fan 
the things that were left were just like meditation, mindfulness, breath work, super basic things, you know? So you would say that stuff really helped you get through that? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's all I did during the pandemic. I, I, I talked to you about that, but I turned my room into a meditation retreat room and I just read the Upanishads or the Ashtavakra Samhita, which is a brutal non-dual text. And the Bhagavad Gita, and that's, oh, and I did uh, like Kali sadhanas every day for like eight months. That all just kind of blended together into a single meditation. Yeah, I mean, I can do rituals about stuff all the time, but the most important thing is doing everything that you can beforehand, because a lot of people turn to magic right away, which I, I can't remember who it's from, but they say if you have a headache, don't pray to the medicine Buddha. Uh, take an Advil first, yeah, and see if it goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's definitely something that's. I mean, I feel I would imagine the pandemic has probably pushed everyone to their spiritual limits, mm-hmm. right? Just in terms of like just just the the day to day what the fuckness of everything. Yeah, I don't think I need to say anything more like erudite than that. It's just like, what the fuck, right? And like, now we got war, we got the threat of nuclear war, we have the threat of food shortages, for fuck's sake. Like, damn, damn. Like, it's gonna, re- this is gonna require a lot from everyone else and I, I, from everyone, right? And I think that that's, you gotta put spirituality, magic, these techniques, brain change techniques, emotional change techniques, all this stuff, meditation in its proper place, which is, it's a tool. One of like the most important thing, one of the most important things anyone's ever said to me was my grandfather said to me when I was nine years old and we were working in the shop, he said, you know, like use, use the tool. Don't let the tool use you and always have the right tool for the job and don't go to the hardware store and buy a tool just to have a tool, like only get the tools you need for the job, which is why we're not going to buy a four thousand dollar audio in audio interface <laughs> until we <laughs> until we really absolutely need it. <laughs> as tempting as it is, but it, magic is the same. It's like it's a tool. It's a tool. It's like, but people get so fixated on like the the cultural subcultural details of it and the ornate, all the books and the codes and the the blah, 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 you know like have you know like they, they, it's like reading comics you know which is fun. It's fun if you want to read like Kenneth Grant books as entertainment. Like they're super entertaining. They're super entertaining. It's oh, just they're the best. Yeah, it's just like reading, you know, comics or heavy metal magazine or something like that. Yeah. But my focus on, you know, I I don't think I've ever even said on the podcast the original point of the word ultraculture. I think that's been kind of lost in the mist of time too, hasn't it? Yeah. Have I ever talk, even talked about that? No. So, so our culture. Uh, so I should even. I don't think I've even told either one of you, but I made this. It's, <laughs> it's all in Generation Hex, but it's like, like I, basically, the point of ultra culture, which is obviously the name of our actual business, is when I in you know when I put Generation Hex out, basically my thesis, what I was saying is, look, I mean, I was kind of coming on, you know, that I know I was studying with Gem. I was also coming kind of on the tail end of that, you know the classic Grant Morrison speech at the DisinfoCon, things like that. But basically what I was saying was, look, you know, magic is full of all these awesome techniques for doing stuff, but people aren't really using them at all. They're focused on the aesthetics of it, which I don't think's changed. It's like, oh, they just want to look spooky. They want to have cool symbols. They want, they want like the, 
the subculture cred of it, of being an alternative person, you know, at the time with the heyday of alt rock and, you know, like Jim Rose sideshow and things like that. And it was just like, you know, nineties were peak edge Lord for everyone. And I was just like, so what? Like who, like literally, okay, you're cool. Great. Like no one's even going to, re- and literally no one even remembers anyone from the nineties now. Yeah. It's like, like they remember Kurt Cobain, right? That's about it. And, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, no, but no, like no one won the, the great contest to be the most edge lordy person. It's like, no, no. And my point at the time and my point now is just so what? It's a tool. Take the tool. At, and basically what I said at the time is take the tool out of its packaging discard the packaging foam this all the styrofoam and the cardboard and all that that's all packaging all the aesthetics and like the life story of you know all the nonsense of crowley or or the aesthetics of other people like spare like it always ends up becoming like a person as much as i love these people it's just like it just ends up in becoming people's personality cult yeah and about their you know their person force of personal ego and will and things like that and that's cool but it's just like we're talking about a tool and we're t- a set of tools that is not particularly complicated that everyone should have. And so the, the point of the word, and it just completely divorced from all this, like I'm at more edge lordy than you crap, you know, the robes and the secret societies and the rings. It's just like, ain't nobody got time for that shit. It's not 1907 anymore. It's not Edwardian England. Yeah. And it's not even the nineties anymore. You know, it's not even 2015 anymore. And frankly, it's not even 2019 anymore. Yeah. Right. We're in a totally different world and things, I, things have to work. If things don't work, it's like what, you know, no one has time or money to waste on it mm-hmm. and they shouldn't. And things have to work and they have to work now. And so I, that's what I realized is like, if, well, if I've spent 25 years now learning, going all over the world, going to ridiculous, you know, lengths, ridiculous lengths, personally, professionally, I mean, I just torched my personal and professional lives, I spent ridiculous amounts of money learning all this stuff for basically no return. You know, I just, I was doing the great work. It's just like everything for this and, and don't complain. And that was an amazing, those were all amazing experiences and continue to be, but it's just like, well, if you spent 25 years learning this, then don't you think you had better ship, you know? Like, what are you going to do? Just like die, like congratulating yourself for all the shit you've known? Or are you going to operationalize and put it out and help people? And so that's what we're doing. It's like we're, we're taking everything from, you know, thousands of years of the magical and spiritual corpus and seeing what works and actually shipping and operationalizing it, which frankly, I don't think anyone has actually been successful in doing. Yeah, well, I don't think they're concerned with helping other people. I think they're concerned to just contributing to like the aesthetic idiom of everything, you know, yeah. like my friend in Russia who's going through all this stuff, I'm not going to send him a Kenneth Grant book and say, hey, right, right. here you go, this will make you feel better, or like right. one of Crowley's Liebers. No, I'm going to send him like a Swami Vivekananda book, or, you know. Send, send, him, send him, you know, some Magic Me guided meditations, quick change techniques, yeah. NLP, you know, basic NLP, swish patterns, sigils, like things that actually work. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have guided meditations for him. I, I need to send him one of yours, but yeah, I'm not going to tell him how to like, do some ridiculous ritual yeah because in russia that's that that doesn't mean anything so yeah and it's just i don't know if it even meant that much 
you know, I come from the chaos magic world. I don't even know if it meant that much back in the Thelemic day either. But anyways, but yeah, that was the whole point of ultra culture. It was because at the time it was, everyone was like, we're the counterculture. And I was basically, I was like, fuck the counterculture. Fuck. That's such a defeatist idea. You're accepting a, you're accepting a lesser than position and defining yourself by it. You're accept, you're making yourself, you're defining your life as in opposition to something, right? Your counterculture, like, great. Well, you've totally limited what your life can be because now you will always be underground, lesser than great. You're Kenneth Anger. Okay. Awesome. Good for you. Right. And that's not as slighting as Kenneth Anger. I like Kenneth Anger's movies, but it's just like, I'm just pointing out, it's like, how far can you go with that self-identity? It's the same as the thing I always say about like people who are Satanists. It's like, great. You're defining yourself in opposition to something. Now you have a ceiling on yourself that you put on your, and you can never escape it because you built it. Yeah. Well, also just sounds exhausting being that dualistic all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just like, so the point I made at the time was no, 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 we're, we're not counterculture. We're not lesser than the culture. We're ultra culture. We're better than the culture. We have techniques that work that were, if the culture mainstream quote unquote culture at the time wants to listen to Radiohead and cry about how bad their lives are in the first world where they have refrigeration and all their needs are met, or they want to like read David Foster Wallace and think about how like, Oh, everything is the consumerist void. Oh my God. Capitalism is so bad. Uh, we live in meaninglessness. It's like, it's like, you know, that's the best you can do with, you know, a mainstream education. Fuck that, you know? And, and we have like what our shit is better. We have techniques that for changing your mind into becoming exactly what you want to become whoever you want to live a legendary life to turn to make situations different to change your mind rather than whining in therapy for 30 years we have stuff that works we have chaos magic you know like sigils meditation nlp change techniques things that actually can turn you into this kind of super heroic individual or or you know in almost like the the buddhist tantric way you know of total embrace of existence and that's better like even like even the stuff now it's like even the most basic stuff like even even like the like positive thinking stuff or new thought you know like that's that's better like even like i i think like the stuff that mitch horowitz writes about like that's a way that's a way better way to look at the world than just like postmodern misery it's way better you know take control of your life and so that was the point of ultra culture and now i think my my point since certainly since 2016 is also just like what culture like literally what, what, if you're counterculture, like what, what culture are you talking about? There's no cult, like everything's fragmented and insane and everyone's running around like chickens with their head cut off. I mean, like I'm as crazy as magic is. I'm so grateful to it because it's actually a cohesive life path. And, and that's something that most people don't have. They just like react to CNN or something like that. So it's like, what, what culture? I, I don't see it. It's, you know, there's no monolithic culture anymore. There, there really hasn't been for, you know, since the internet. Yeah. So anyways, that's me rambling about the meaning of ultra culture, but that's what it means. It means not lesser than like counter. It means better than culture. Mm. So that's good. Wow. (laughs) 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 But 
that's the, I mean, that was always, and I've, I'm really excited because I feel that kind of as we're going into Magic Me 2.0, it's like a totally new aesthetic. It's like totally focused on basically just being real bright, happy, and helpful. I think that we really are getting to that point, thanks also to both of you, which is what just we're kind of actually finally narrowing in on that and, and shipping like a really working product that is really going to help people. Yeah. Well, and magic doesn't have to be a counterculture term anymore. We don't have to be scared to call something magic. Yeah, that's really, you want to talk about that? Because like we had that conversation like, and by, by the way, like Raphael, you have like zero interest in magic, right? Which is like, which is actually awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't talk about yeah, this stuff all day. <laughs> very little. Yeah, that's really good. I think it's like, yeah, we just talk about business stuff and yeah. Yeah, yeah, technology. So yeah, we're, we we come at this from a totally business perspective. But yeah, it's like not everyone needs to be into this. So, but yeah, Danny, like Danny, we were talking about that a little bit, like a few weeks ago, right? Where I suddenly, I kind of had this realization a few weeks ago, where it's like, maybe the idea that magic is, maybe this defeatist idea that I have about magic, that it's just counter, that it is kind of counterculture, and it's just this underground thing. And it's just too weird for everyone. Maybe that's just in my head. Maybe that's bullshit. Yeah. Well, I, it's also because we've seen the the cringy side of that. Like we've also seen like the the people who take like Golden Dawn initiations and portable buildings and argue with people about stuff and really high up people that like work at gas stations and we're like, oh, if that's magic, then I might as well just like go full on like the secret or. You know, something else. But, but but the secret is mainstream, right? I mean, yeah. it's like every, but, that, but even like I was pointing out like Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love put mm -hmm. out a book called Big Magic. Like, yeah. and, and and both of you constantly inform me stuff that I don't even know because I never leave the house, which is basically like, you know, Raphael, you're talking about like witch talk and like everyone's into manifesting and tarot like in LA and <laughs> it's just like, it's just like everywhere now, right? And it's just like not really a weird thing anymore. Definitely not. Well, you can get uh, witchcraft manuals at the mall now. I see them outside, <laughs> like all-purpose stores, where you can get like, like switchblades and plastic flowers and weird candy with scorpions in it. Yeah, it's all over well, the place. Yeah. How do you? What, what, are both of both of you are Zoomers? Are you technically a Zoomer? Danny? I was born in '96. Damn. Fucking '98. <laughs> Jeez. So you guys were just getting born when I was just getting interested in this stuff. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah. Life, life comes at you fast. So fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I've just been like, ever since I've just been like, okay, like I've almost got it together. I've almost got this. I've almost, almost like I've almost got this, you know, put together correctly. It's like, and now it kind of is starting to come together at 40. I just turned 40, but yeah. So, but would you both say that like, like zoomers are like pretty much like native to this stuff, right? It's like, they don't, find this stuff like odd or am i not correct about that uh well we haven't grown up with any uh satanic panic at all like like older generations that you said that was literally like talked about in schools and, oh yeah in the news and that was like very much a part of the culture yeah we don't have that for for better or for worse we were just exposed to everything and yeah. it's just like well there you go <laughs> you mean just everything through the internet? Yeah, just everything through the internet. Because, well, I mean, there there wouldn't be a way to really put a satanic panic on that, anyways, because we're not limited by the information of our elders. You know, if you're seven, 
I, I see six and seven year olds. I had seven year old students with their own iPhones that were looking up stuff <laughs> or would pull out their tuner on their phone and tune their guitar. I'm like, what? Whoa. What? Yeah. It's jarring. So if people, even if a seven year old thinks something sounds suspicious, uh, they can look it up on their phone and learn something. So that yeah. there's there's no way for like that whole satanic panic thing to, wow. to to be a thing about magic now. That's so things have really have changed. So I mean, like when I was when I was a teenager, it was like, I mean, definitely like when I was like in fifth grade, it was like the cops would come in and tell us that you know like 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 evil occult satanists were gonna like kidnap like try to get us to play D with them and then like kidnap us and and molest us and stuff and do do sacrifice us in rituals and shit. Just like no but you know so but that was a totally different time i mean like you couldn't google and that's kind of a crazy thing i also look back on a lot of this stuff like you know the superstitious sides of magic and things like that it's just like you know like this is like a pre-google world yeah (laughs) you know so but like yeah like when i was growing up it was the era of like you had to look so hard to find this stuff like you had to dig down so many layers, but part of the counterculture thing is you had to dig down so many layers of culture to get to this. I mean, you had to like, first you had to like, you know, not just be on MTV, but you had to have like a cool friend who, you know, could take you to a record store and then you could find out about like the velvet underground. And once you got into that, like maybe you would find out about industrial and maybe it's like, whoa, this is really crazy. And then like maybe, or maybe through nine inch nails or something like that. And then eventually you get to, maybe psychic tv right and it like what's this or coil and it's like what's this crazy magic stuff and then then you from there it's like you know you start following their references or 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 like you're a comic nerd and like you've exhausted every other comic so you start getting into things like the invisibles or alan moore's stuff or and then like you just like for me a lot of my early education was just following stuff that was was literally books that were listed in the that were referenced in the letters column of the invisibles wow I know. And then just like looking for Philip K. Dick books and it's like haunting used bookstores, haunting record stores. Like, and it's just like, by that time, you're just such a, you're, I mean, this was kind of before Google, before Amazon. I mean, they were kind of there, but it's just like this info was so hard to find. And this was like the, I mean, this was the era of like, and yeah, it was the era of the satanic panic. It was the era. I mean, like, Look, Damien Eccles. I mean, look what happened there, right? It was like this stuff. This is stuff that I mean, I grew up in San Diego, so it wasn't that, you know, Southern California is not that insane. It's not the deep south, but like this is stuff you could be certainly killed, certainly socially ostracized or, you know, kicked out of school for at the very least, you know, but definitely were killed and, you know, imprisoned in some people's cases. So it, it was still. America was much more enthralled to the Christian right at the time. Not that it's not now, but yeah. it was it was really bad at the time. But that was like the era of like, you know, like Boyd Rice trolling Bob Larson, and you not, not you probably don't even know what that what like my older my older listeners will will know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it it truly was like by the time you got to the occult, you were like it was scary. And not not because of the material, but because like just to get that access to that material, you really had to be totally outside of the culture. You really did, and and that could be, but and that could be just to get the information. But then if you wanted to associate with people, like when I first started doing magic, it was like, you know, the people that I could find that were into it were kind of like, you know, some old school goths who were you know real friendly. But other than that, it was like 
you know, drug addicts, criminals, nom vets, heroin traffickers, like, you know, real, real sketch people. And that is just totally not the case anymore. And the reason it was like that was not because of magic, but because at the time there really was this kind of, it's just because they're people on the fringes and people on the fringes tend to percolate around each other. And, and the fringe at that time was not like a weird website. It was like, you know, Dennis Hopper's gang in blue velvet. Like that's what the fringe was like. It was like weird people. And, but it, yeah. And, and in that space, I met some of the greatest people I've ever met and some, some really fucking awful people. And, and, but it's not like that. I mean, I missed that time, but it's not like that anymore. Now it's just, now it's the internet. Now you can get on magic to me and get 100% shiny, positive stuff completely taken out of this old packaging foam. Yeah. It's just not, it's not relevant. It was just other stuff that happened to be around it. And the reason for that was because we in the West, we live in a hyper Christian culture mm -hmm. and a culture that is not only hyper Christian or hyper capitalist, which is the advancement of Protestantism, but also that has zero time for, for other states of reality or consciousness or, or anything that it does not directly result, you know, relate to productivity. Mm. Like we, like we don't live in a culture that values like people's dreams or their yeah. fantasies. I mean, like from the very moment they slap you with a ruler and tell you to stop daydreaming in school, culture gives you the message that to shut that, shut the other world off, which is a real shame because you know, they, they tell you don't daydream, focus on your work, focus on your work, focus on your work. And school's there to train you to be, to work in a factory. It's totally obsolete and irrelevant. We should totally scrap the education educational system. It's just not relevant to creating even, you know, the point of education is to create workers and voters. It can't even do that anymore. So, but from the moment they slap you and tell you to, now they don't slap you, but uh, from the moment they tell you to stop daydreaming, culture shuts off the magical world f from you. So then the people who are able to like get out of that are either total geniuses or just like total freaks with nowhere else to go. And, but that's not the case because of now because of the internet. And it's also a real shame that our culture does that because, you know, if you look at the biographies of really great people, like, you know, even great business people, Steve Jobs, for instance, people like this, or great scientists, all of their best business and science ideas have come from like daydreaming, meditation, visualizing, like all of them. Einstein. Yeah. The DNA double helix was discovered on in an acid trip. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, the benzene molecule was discovered in a dream. <laughs> so wow. and 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 Steve Jobs was a hippie dropout that went to the the East to look for Neem Karoli Baba and did acid and studied calligraphy. Oh, or Paracelsus, the father of pharmacology, was a huge hermeticist. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's how we have like Advil. Yeah, so ultra culture, right? And this is like the point that I'm making to people. It's like, once you change your your lens on things, this is not a counterculture pursuit at, at all. It's actually the technology that the most successful people in history have used. If you look at it, if you, if you kind of get out of the, the Crowley and Gru, you know, just like the aesthetics around it, and you just look at the, what's the technology we're talking about? Like visualization, dreaming, creative, la you know, you know, lateral thinking you know, unstructured thought and 
you know, exploring the imagination. That's where all the best, you know, everything we have has come from. You know, somebody thought that we should fly like birds once and everyone laughed at them. And now we have transatlantic flight, you know, now we've got space flight, right? Like, like where, you know, tell me that's not magic. I mean, you have two people just saying like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to like fly. Mm -hmm. And everyone told them that's not possible because no one has been able to do it. And if God wanted us to fly, he'd give us wings. Well, or maybe he would give us imagination, you know, an imagination and hands. Hmm. He, she, you know, yeah. the inf- whatever that infinite energy is, but I, whatever that infinite energy is, I mean, I guarantee it's creative and it manifests through creative thinking and not lateral thinking and visions and all the stuff that are called, all the stuff that our culture says is not real is actually the most real. And this is another point about ultra culture. It's like our culture puts all that stuff, it relegates it, dreaming, imagination, fantasy, altered states of consciousness, you know, drifting through, you know, wandering, all of this. It's like they, they re- relegates it to, oh, well, that's not productive in material terms. Cause, and also because no one can make it, you know, no one can monetize it. And, you know, they can monetize selling you a PlayStation, mm-hmm. but they can't monetize teaching you how to, you know, actively dream and have your, they, you know, they can sell you a movie, but if they teach you how to, you know, do what was traditionally called astral projection, which is, but which is really just structured imagining, then you realize that all the, 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 the entertain, no matter what the entertainment or gaming industry can do, it can never, ever come even close to your own innate ability to imagine. Yeah. Ever, no matter how good the technology gets. Yeah. So, but you can't make a buck off that. So that's what our, that's what, you know, our world takes, faculties away from people and then sells it back to them Mm. and so it's again with ultra culture it's like our culture just like the idea of the counterculture our culture puts all this stuff it relegates it to lesser than below worse than you know anything but you know just somebody basically just chugging starbucks and working in a in an office or or assembly line all day and but it's actually better than ultra culture above superior position which anyone who studies Kabbalah knows, right? Because it's the the higher unstructured imaginary realms that manifest into the material. Yes. So, you know, how far could how far could we go as a species if we came to grips with that? How far could we go as a species if everyone started to learn these techniques and totally divorce them from all the crap, all the elite, the grades, the rose rings, the the or even the new age stuff or hippie stuff or anything that's just about you know, like it's not just the dark stuff either. It's all the light stuff. Like people want to wear white robes and beads and talk about how spiritual and holy they they are. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, like like what can you do? Like I don't want to hear about like how many people have you fed? I don't want to hear about like that's just one example, but it's like I don't want to hear about your ayahuasca vision and how like holy you think you are now. Like how many people have you fed? I don't even want to hear about Buddhism or your spiritual path. Like how many people have you fed? You know, operationalize. So I know I'm rambling a bit, but it's basically like how far could we go as a species if we basically came to grips with these technologies for what they are, which is tools for approaching higher realms of mind, like even just approaching the imagination in a structured way. So that for instance, because when you learn magic, you can get, for instance, 
genius and inspiration on demand. You don't have to wait there sitting for a great thought to come to you, whether it's a business idea or an artistic thought. You can make it happen Mm -hmm. on demand. You can go into bliss states and spiritual states on demand. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to, you know, scientific people hate that just because they haven't got to grips with it. Basically because it's subjective. They don't like subjective experience. And religious people hate magic because it spoils the suspension of disbelief. It disproves their trick. Also, people that think it's subjective haven't actually done the work. Because people think that meditation is subjective. I I told one of my friends, sit down every day uh, for a month and meditate for 30 minutes, and if you feel the exact same, I'll give you $500. And and they never followed through with it. There you go. It's like, yeah, well, okay. They never followed through with the $500 or even just doing meditating. Uh, They they never followed through with the meditation because they did it for a couple days, and they're like, I don't think that's for me. That's like going (laughs) to the gym and lifting weights and being like, well, my arms aren't really that much bigger. So it's like, (laughs) right, A hundred (laughs) percent. A hundred percent. And that's a great metaphor. And this is one I use a lot. It's just these skills are, it's like, what if there was a skill that just like you can hone your muscles going to the gym? What if there was a practice that you could do that you could hone your basically imagination Mm -hmm. and your ability to get inspiration and basically your mind? What if you could hone, not just learning something or a subject, but what if you could actually improve the substrate of your your brain, of your mind, of your thinking, of your approach to different states of consciousness, of your ability to slip in and out of, you can be normal, productive, waking consciousness, but with total focus, or you can go into dreaming and lateral and astral and pure inspiration. What if, you know, what if, what if basically genius was something you could train just like muscles? And it is. And I think that uh, I can a hundred percent say that. And that's what magic is. And, and when I say the brain, I mean, we know, Danny, we were talking about this. I mean, we know now from studies, when I talk about the substrate of the brain itself, it's like they look at long-term meditators in CAT scans and things like that. And their brains are different. Yeah, right? well, because the, the, the gray matter that it produces. And it's it's amazing that they've known about that because like a, just a really simple model like the Panchakoshas that was conceived thousands of years ago that talks about how the breath influences the mind and how the mind influences the intellect and how the intellect can influence uh, your bliss experience. It's like, that's insane that they came up with that like 5,000 years ago. Right, yeah. Longer, actually. Yeah, or Buddha stuff, it's like this stuff, yeah, it's like this stuff doesn't really change. That's the crazy thing about this stuff, it doesn't really change. Yeah. It's been around, it's part of human heritage. It's been around forever, because the human brain doesn't really change, yeah. or the physiology to some extent. And, but yeah, but also like they know just like the actual like great, like what, what were you saying, like prefrontal cortex, or like gray matter actually increases with meditation? Yeah, yeah, it, it makes you, uh, so the biggest thing that meditation does with gray matter is whenever something negative happens to you, your brain doesn't automatically go to um, that sympathetic nervous system. Uh, the, the, the more and more you meditate, the more that you'll have this option to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which can activate your intellect the more that you meditate, which is why I really, really, I'm, I mean, that's like the Kshatriya thing, like warriors that would meditate, that's how they could just be angels of death. Is that's what meditation does is it gives you that option of responsibility to choose how to react because 
uh, you're just it, it's like really long term brainwave entrainment finding that state and your brain will really like that state and it'll search for it more and it'll eventually start to plug that in whenever you get into stressful situations uh, automatically. Yeah, you just have a better brain, basically. Yeah, you literally just have a better brain. And that's crazy to me. It's like, because we have this, That's I mean, just that alone, like you could just sit there and, and just ponder that, like just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like that alone, like think, let's just take that alone, okay? It's like, you know, bodybuilding only became... I mean, you tell me, Rafael. Like body bodybuilding only got popular like in the seventies, right, or the eighties, right, Arnold? Yeah, yeah, eighties, and then uh, it picked back up like when Ziz was around. I don't know <laughs> the legend, the legend. <laughs> the people that Ziz, you, know? <laughs> you Myron, bro. Yeah, but like, you what if bro? what if you could be the Ziz? Z this is terrible, but like, what if you could like be the Ziz of the mind? You know what I mean? It's like. But like this yeah. is this is so crazy, right? It's like okay, so like we now know, and actually we haven't even got to grips with this for very long, you know, bodybuilding. It's like we now know there are all these techniques you can do to massively, you know, grow muscle really, really fast, right? Even me, like a total like, you know, nerd who lives on energy drinks. Like when I was really into bodybuilding, like I got yoked real fucking quick, and it's not me; yeah. it's the techniques, right? Just following the method. Right. And, and I should do that again, but, but the, so what if there was that, but for the brain and like there is, mm -hmm. we have this crazy idea as a, as a culture that like some people, I don't know where it comes from. It's just some people are born better than other people. Like, oh yeah. Like, well, he's just a genius. Well, Plato said, no, 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 no. He has a genius. He doesn't. He's not a genius. He has a genius, a daemon, a higher self. And and guess what? We've known since ancient Sumeria that there are techniques that you can do to access that. Mm -hmm. But this just gets buried in our culture. It's like, no, no, no. Genius is not something, it's not a gift from God. It's something that you can train. Yeah. Spirituality is not a gift from God. It's something that you can train. That's how I look at this stuff. I look at it totally functionally. It's like, Danny, what you said about your friend, it's like, well, they don't think meditation is real. Well, how much have they done it? Mm -hmm. Like, come back to me in a year and yeah. then tell me that it's not real. <sighs> Does it change every single part of your life? Forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah, and it makes you live longer. That PubMed article that you talked about in an episode that it lengthens your telomeres. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, we should really put all that together just because there's so much research I haven't even read. I mean, I, I, I bet the literature is just like neck deep in terms of like just on meditation benefits alone. You know, and magic is really the only difference between magic and meditation is that it's active, mm -hmm. right? Instead of just like passively thinking about nothing, you're, you're actively thinking about uh, either an idea or idiom you want to explore or that you want to bring into your life. Yeah. Right. Like it's just the active version of meditation. Mm -hmm. where it's focused on one one thing but not not nothing like meditation yeah and and to be clear we're not talking about like you know downloading downloading insight insight timer and listening to deepak deepak chopra that's great but like we're talking about real meditation in terms of long-term hard you know single-pointed focus practice and yoga and things like that so for me it's like if we have all this stuff like why the fuck are we wrapping it up in all this in like silly clothing and, you know, religious dogma and structures and like, 
you know, whether that's like, you know, Crowley and robes and rings or like a Hari Krishna outfit or like Buddhist robes, even like whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. why the fuck are we turning this into a culture or a religion rather than taking it as what it is, which is a tool, refining the tool and making sure everyone has access to it? One thing that I've, because like, how far could we go as a species if we just got to grips with that instead of having these ridiculous, you know, parochial hangups about whatever you want, what you want to call it, magic meditation, the mind, you know, dreaming, lateral thinking, unstructured thinking. Like, we have the same taboos around that that we have around sex or death. Yeah, well, and all of those are intertwined too, especially in the spiritual tradition. A lot of people are like, Oh, we talked about, oh God, we talked about this no fap business, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to preserve the ohas, bro. Yeah, like. that gets pretty silly. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like, it's just like, I don't know, from the perspective I look at, it's just, this is all superstition. It's like, we have these actual techniques that are scientifically validatable, that there is scientific research on, that will improve your brain structure. And yet people want to, put make it an elitist thing for people with the right color robe whether that's white black orange whatever fuck that like i don't want i don't like i don't i'm I'm not interested i'm not interested in like the uh, this stuff like I, i i want to ship and that's what we're doing i mean it's what we're doing in this new course yeah so you know one of the things i have quoted on the podcast before is jfc fuller who was one of Crowley's students, a really odd, interesting individual. He later went on to create tank warfare and, and the Blitzkrieg strategy. He was a, a captain in the, the British, British military. But when he, when he was studying with Crowley, he, had the, he wrote this really interesting line in, in the Equinox Crowley's journal, journal where he says, you know, from, from alchemy, we got chemistry. From astrology, we got astronomy. Right, like all these things that were considered superstitious pseudosciences, yeah, but they gave birth to real sciences. Yeah. So he says, what will we learn if we approach the pure psychic sciences, like the actual pure magical manifestation, like the real, like the pure occult, not just the side things like astrology, but the actual, you know, the the mechanical processes of of magic. What are we going to get from that? That fascinates me. And Cro- Crowley's, at, you know, Crowley's slogan was so great, I think. The method of science, the aim of religion. And my version is the method of data science, the aim of religion. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's just like, yeah, what are we going to get? And, and I, I think, you know, if I've done anything in my life so far, it's just try to push, push that forward and push this idea forward and at least, you know, like, okay, I'm sorry that witches are everywhere now. It's probably my fault, but... <laughs> That's, it's not, I'm not sorry. It's, it's pretty cool. Like even it's, it's just like, it, you know, the reason I did that is because it gives cover for the people that are doing more serious work. But yeah, like, you know, like the, these are the keys. We have the keys to unlocking genius. Why aren't we all using them? Because you don't need me to tell you like shit looks pretty fucked right now. I think that it would be nice if the human race could access not just, and I don't just mean like the spiritual thing of like, why can't we all be nice? You know, why can't we all hold hands and be nice and, you know, be grateful and, you know, all the spiritual stuff. Like, I'm not interested in that either. I'm interested in the techniques of sparking genius. 
not like I don't have this like agenda of like, oh, everyone's got to be a nice person and enlightened and then we'll all hold hands and kumbayas, you know, as one great spiritual family. Like that's if that was going to happen, that would have happened 2,500 years ago when there was like 1% of the people on the planet. So I'm interested in the technology of sparking genius because we need it to get ourselves out of the mess that we're in. That's also the only way it'll survive is the addition by subtraction, stripping it down in this sewage pipeline of information. That's the only way it's going to cut through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we're doing in, in this new version of the course of, of Magic.me. And it's what we're doing in Introduction to Magic, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's something I wish I, I could have had something, a, a course like that, because even with the internet, the the bad thing about the internet, which is a stupid thing to complain about, and it's not a complaint, but you have access to too much information. Because if you're 16, you go, okay, great. Interested in the occult. Uh, you go on Google and type in occult PDF, you're going to have like over 100,000 pages of Google stuff to look through. And there's going to be literally millions of PDFs. And they're all going to say something different. So it's like, well, where do I... Yeah. <laughs> so it's the opposite problem, where so many people know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but that's like using, you know, 10,000 techniques one way instead of using one technique 10,000 ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's probably true of anything, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like that's one of the, the that's kind of the double-edged sword of the internet. It's like you really you can get you can get all the information you want, but it's like doth, right? It's like unstructured. <laughs> yeah. That the internet is doth. It's it's knowledge. Right, but you you need to you, knowledge gets you nowhere. It needs to be synthesized into understanding. You actually need to understand the material and then have the wisdom of when how to apply it, mm. right? And, yeah. it, and the wisdom of like what what the actual tool is for. And so I think that's true of anything. And you know, like the internet's a good place to start, but you need you basically you need guidance. You need a system. You need a mentor and. Magic.me is basically the best, you know, is, is us providing that on the internet yeah. in, a, in a, like a structured step-by-step system that just cuts through all of that. And you have the guidance of somebody who's actually done it, you know, not just theoretically, but I've literally done it. I've done it at the highest levels of society, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and successfully. So, and unsuccessfully in some cases, so you can learn from those mistakes too. So you don't have to repeat them. So it's just like anything. If you want to learn something, you need, you need a system and a mentor. Yeah. Even if it's not the ultimate be all end all, you need to pick one and take it, you know, learn it before. And then you can go on to learn other systems, but you need to narrow your focus into one, one step-by-step system and, and work it to its mm-hmm. completion. So, and magic.me is, but the good thing about this too, is now we're, we're expanding magic.me. So it's not just talking about it, or learning it. It's like people are, we're, we're doing it in class. Like you get the experience the day of right where you were sitting now, not in 20 years. It's just like you, you want the, you know, you want it unlocked. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I never got. I just had books and videos and I was like, well, I guess I'll just try it out. I mean, I met people later on, of course, but starting out, I never had something like that where I would right away in an introduction to magic course, be doing a ritual with someone else or meditating with other people or having someone guide me through meditation. Gosh, that seems like such simple building blocks but that's like a really important thing because I I was just talking to someone at a place about this last week where the most some of the most powerful stuff I've ever done 
has been in connection with other people. And that's one I, thing I, I agree. Com computers have, have taken away that we can repurpose and put the power back in that even though we're still on Zoom and it's in a pandemic, we should still connect with each other spiritually. That sounds cheesy, but like, mm -mm. I really mean that as wholesomely as possible. Well, well, even having Zoom is like a big deal, right? Like we couldn't yeah. even like, I, you know, when I first started this, like even Zoom didn't exist. We were using like really crappy webinar software and things like that. Yeah. So, but even like when we have like the world summits and there's like 50 people or a hundred people on from all over the world talking face to face about magic, like that's, that's crazy. And, and now that people are actually, now we're going to do it with virtual reality. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's going to be really interesting to, 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 we're going to, we're going to do a lot with that. That's going to be really interesting. And, and that has, that basically, in my mind, it's like, that's the final nail in the coffin of the, the age of secret societies. It's just like, it's not, not necessary anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't need to spend $10,000 to learn an inner order secret that you can Google whenever you type in the degree name and then press space and then but you PDF. can also <laughs> yeah but you can also connect with other people and do stuff with other people in vr and it's it's safe you know so yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting so yeah yeah so let's see rafael rafael and danny do you both want to talk a little bit about you know how the course is going to work and what's what's going to be in it sure i can let uh rafael talk a little bit if yeah you yeah are down <clears throat> Um, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so the course is going to be, is it's an all day intensive, right? So we right. are, so correct me if I get anything wrong. So it's going to be April 23rd. Mm -hmm. You got to get your ticket in advance or no dice. And there are different tiers to it, which I'm not going to say like every single tier and feature. You'll have to look at the website because there's a lot there. And we just want to make sure we, we may change it slightly right, right before it goes right before we put this podcast out. So, but everything will be on the site. So it's introduction to magic at magic.me. And there's tons and tons of different levels with different features depending on, depending on how far in you want to go with it. You know, you can take it all the way up to me writing a personal magical action plan. If you want to, that's, that's not for everyone, obviously, but yeah, so it's going to be, live it's going to be streamed so both of you've got the streaming and audio like down to a science right i mean it's like we're streaming in what 1080 with a yeah. really good camera and awesome audio yeah with an amazing camera i mean this is all like super super pro gear and uh an even higher quality video is going to be saved and edited and boxed afterwards so it'll oh yeah it'll look even better oh yeah that's really important important to point out that you know it is a live event but you'll have access to the recordings forever yeah so you can just keep going back to it and yeah that's going to be great and let's see but yeah we're going to go over we're going to give you everything we're going to give you everything you need to build a meditation and magical practice all the gear you need and you know it's all stripped down nothing's going to be hidden nothing's going to be held back it's it's everything you need and but also we're going to be doing a ton of magic in class and that's magic basically to get you we're going to get you into the magical state and we're going to work on also we're going to dispel a lot of the things that probably have been holding you back in your life by doing really powerful processes to align with your core 
you know so if you are and and also resolve some conf, con, you know the reason that people often self sabotage self sabotage quote unquote is they have conflicting things going on so we're going to make sure all the level, all that stuff gets aligned in course is going to be tremendously powerful. And so whether you come to this course looking purely to see if you can use magic for material stuff, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a purist about that. If you want to come in here and say, you know what, like, I want to see what this can do for me. Like, I'm not as, I don't care about the spiritual stuff. I just want to use this stuff to get ahead in my career. I want fine, you know, to get ahead in finances. That's fine. You know, because I know you'll get interested in the spiritual stuff eventually once you see that it works for you. So that's, and you know, it's a trying time. So we, we all need a boost. I'm definitely, I have tons of courses on on financial and career magic and uh, I'm, and have at it. Or so whether you want to come in for that or you want to come in to learn these techniques to, for instance, tap into artistic success. Maybe you're an artist, you want to have, you know, basically a go-to well of artistic inspiration, like like we were saying, right? Genius on demand, like the the, you know, that could be business genius, it could be financial genius, it could be artistic genius, depending on what type of person you are, or all of them, right? And and so if you want that that je ne sais quoi, the artists throughout history, I mean, you know, they've all been into this. Just look it up, and. Like I, I, I dare you to find, you know, really groundbreaking artists who are not interested in this type of stuff in some way or another, just Wikipedia. And I'll say no more. I mean, it really boggles the mind, but yeah. And you, so, and so you want skills to give, you know, to have artistic inspiration on demand or to improve your craft or to have success as an artist, because, you know, it's tough. Like we were talking about before, like people telling you to work for exposure, things like that, you know, cause artists need, need a little magical, no, little, they also need a little magical je ne sais quoi to get, get established in a head in their career and in the world. So maybe you're coming in for that or, and in which you will find everything you need, or maybe you are just saying like, Hey, you know what? I want to really be clear about who I am as a person. Maybe you're, you know, maybe as, as we all have throughout COVID, Maybe you have this feeling like, you know, I don't really know who I am anymore. Like everything is so confusing. Like I've, I feel off track. Like I, I've definitely felt that way in, uh, several times in the last two years. Or maybe you're just going through a life transition where you, or maybe you just, maybe you're younger and you just don't really even have a sense of what you're supposed to do with your life. The techniques of magic really shine at their best when it's just about connecting with your true self. Or as I say, like unleashing your true self. That is like the on the label on the can of magic of what it does at its highest octave and then you're going to get all the techniques you, you need to do that and of course from that everything else flows once you get into alignment with who you really are your true self once you unleash that you know like the the questions of business financial creative techniques and success really become secondary right they become non they, they're, they're really secondary to that and and just not because because the, your true self is where all that flows from, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're, once you're in alignment with yourself, there's nothing you cannot do. And if you're in conflict with yourself, a divided house cannot stand. Yeah. And so, but if you just want to come in and test the techniques to see if you can, you know, get, get some material results from them, you will. Mm-hmm. You will. You will be satisfied. And then, and then we can talk about the deeper and spiritual stuff. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> once once you're satisfied so yeah or or for anything you want to apply the, you know, one of the greatest things you know you and you and i danny were talking about this it's like magic is agnostic 
in all senses. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's systems agnostic. It's <laughs> like, it is not opinionated, meaning it's just a technology. It is not a religion. It's not really a science. It's more of an art. So let's be clear about that. I'm not making scientific claims for it. It is subjective, right? But it works. So it is empirical, right? It's not like scientific, like you can prove it in a lab other than like the stuff we talked about about with meditation, definitely. Mm -hmm. But it is empirical in the sense that there are processes that work the same way pretty much every time you do them, no matter who you are yeah. within certain parameters. Yeah, so well, it is empirical, yeah. empirical, but I'm not going to stand here and say like, oh yeah, like I'll fight with Richard Dawkins, <laughs> you know, because that's not going to happen. But no. but the shit works, so who you know if it works, who cares? But the but it's also it says not a science. It's also not a religion. It does you do not need to believe anything. It is not a dogma. It is not a, you don't need to believe in any gods or even anything supernatural. It's just a tool, right? And like we've been talking about, we really want to divorce it from all that stuff, anyways. Yeah. And so it's more akin to an, an art, the art of living the, using your mind to manifest the life you want to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just connects everything. Cause then after you do magic for financial success, then that financial success just becomes another extension of you. Then you're not ruled by it. Then you can rule it. So then you can turn those other problems just into tools for success. So it's just a tool of connection. At least that's kind of how I see it. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of been your, pro what, what has your process been like with, with this stuff? Uh, you know, like how, how you came into it and then, cause you, you went, you went pretty, pretty all in on it. I'm trying to think about how much I should. Yeah. Disclose. You, you, I mean, without saying anything too personal, but like, it's been a pretty crazy ride for you. I would imagine. Yeah. I've been a part of many societies and taken many initiations and had robes and wands and sublime this and perfect illumin illuminate of this and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's it's been a really crazy journey trying to figure out what magic means for me. And magic.me 2.0 is definitely in line with that because especially when for lack of a better term, when shit hits the fan, that's when you start to see magic as a tool. And I learned that, I mean, that's the same thing with meditation, but um, if magic really is a tool, then you should be able to lean on it in hard times or when you need it. That's why it, it shouldn't be frowned upon if you're using it for like financial success or something. But uh, a, a, a lot of like the aesthetic aspects of magic or occultism, people turn to as a luxury, hmm. you know? I, I found that where whenever their lives actually get bad, then they just go to the bar and drink a bunch or they just go off and binge and purge and whatever vice they're in instead of turning to magic or meditation because they don't, a lot of those people don't have what magic or meditation actually is. Like if they had some of these tools, then they wouldn't just see it as, oh, well, my life is going well. So now I can ask the the bigger questions. You know, because I have the luxury to. It's like, well, that's not really a tool then. If you only use it when the chips are up, you know, when mm. when when the stocks are up, that's like that's that's not really what magic uh, has has been for me. A especially someone living in the South, experiencing a lot of resistance from everyone around me. That magic is, yeah, in, in line with you. Magic has made it a lot less 
about me. Well, especially meditation. Like if you meditate long enough, you'll realize that it was never about you in the first place. Yeah. Because there never was a you. But I've, I, I definitely haven't seen it as like an ascension. I've seen it as like a return home to like, this is how it's always been. And my awareness of awareness is this tiny little golden ball that is covered up in a bunch of mud. And the, the mud layers are slowly being stripped off. I'm not adding anything. You know, the muddied water is just slowly clearing out. So to where you can just see right through. That's great. Yeah, no, that, that's really something important to point out. It's like, I really feel that magic is like, you know, people think it's the path, of, like, well, people get into spirituality and they're like, oh, they want to do this, like adopt this ideology, like go on this path, things like that. The magic, when you really do it, is the path of becoming more yourself. Yeah. Not anyone else. And that's what's so great about it in terms of what I was saying, magic is agnostic. You don't need to believe anything, but also you can use it for anything. Yeah. But the best thing you can use it for is to become more of yourself, not because religion tells you to become what somebody else wants you to be. Mm-hmm. So does modern culture. So to everything in our world is telling you to be somebody other than yourself. So in my life, developing a practice of becoming more myself is pretty damn essential. And, and that's what it is. You know, it's not, it's not really anything else. I mean, one of the things that Genesis Purge said in actually the research guide to industrial culture in 1979, one of the things that really really changed how I thought about it. prior to meeting Jen, I read this and it really stuck with me, which is that, you know, Gen- so Genesis really popularized magic in the seventies and eighties and nineties and two thousands and 2010s, you know, hardcore, but it was in the late seventies and in, in Manchester and, or Hull or Brighton, wherever they were living. I think it was, I think they were in Manchester, but Jen was saying to the interviewer that the interviewer asked her about magic and she said, yeah, well, I just look at it like this. Like, I'm an, I'm not a special person. I'm really a quite average person, you know. But what I want to do is not, you know, what I want to do is be able to 100% use what I am. And not in a supernatural way, but magic allows me to become, utilize 100% of who I am. Which is maybe not, maybe not, you know, Jen came from like a super working class background, Jen basically was just like, had this attitude of, you know, I'm not like, I'm just a basically an average person, but if I can 100% use what I am, then I'll be light years ahead of everyone else, even if they have more natural aptitude. I think no one could disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not supernatural. That's just the most natural. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I look at it too, I think. And particularly when we talk about things like when we really strip this stuff down, take the aesthetics off of it and talk about meditation breathing techniques, pranayama, yoga, but also just one pointed focus on goals, you know, using everything that you are in the service of an, you know, uh, an overwhelming fixed idea of what you're trying to do with your life. Yeah. Well, and finding yourself means that you can be there for yourself because how can you be there for yourself if you don't even know who you are or other people? Yeah. Or other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the world needs. What the world needs now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is well the, the world has everything it needs it needs people but you know turn you know optimize people it needs people who are fully present and uh, aware and awake i think you know because human beings can are capable of anything 
We don't need brain augmentation or AI to do anything. You know, we already have, we already are everything we, we need, but people's minds are more dispersed, distracted, chorazonic than ever because of electronic media and social media and our addiction to it. And it's our fault because no one's forcing us to look at Instagram, mm. but you know, and I think that podcasts prove that people do have extended or courses prove that people do have attention spans. It's just when you're using social media, it, so the nature of social media is to destroy your consciousness. It's not the only way to use the internet. We can use the internet with podcasts, even YouTube, you know, long, for, long form podcasts core in even better is courses. That's the awesome way to use the internet or building communities. Yeah. But when it comes to like real communities, not Facebook, but you know, but if you use, if you use the, the technologies of dispersion, then you, you disperse your mind, you destroy your mind. Yeah, I, I had a psychologist that I was friends with talk about that. They said, monitor your mood on a scale of one to 10 uh, every day for a week as you look at social media uh, at every day. And then don't look at social media for a week and monitor your mood mm. and tell me uh, on in which time you're in a better mood. Yeah. It's like, wow, I already know the answer to that. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I feel like because of that, Actually, even just teaching people one pointed focus and meditation is like probably more important now than it ever has been in human history. Yeah. Because even though we have all this advanced technology, like our brains are rotten. And well, I take that back. That's like a super boomer thing to say. I apologize. But I don't mean boomers. I, I mean, it's just like people always used to say that about TV will rot your brain. And it's like, I don't necessarily see it that way. Our brains are not rotted by social media. It's just that within the context of with, as Marshall McLuhan said, the medium is the message. Mm -hmm. So the medium of TV, the message of TV is the medium of TV. The message of Instagram is the medium of Instagram. It's not the information being conveyed by it. It's the actual system itself. Buckminster Fuller said in the seventies that the best way to bring out the best way to bring out the qualities of people that you want, genius, creativity, connection, things like that, is to put them in an environment where they can express that, which is kind of what I was saying with raves. If you're in a rave on ecstasy with a bunch of people dancing, you can't not be an all loving, all positive, you know, kind of bodhisattva. Well, I suppose you can, but you know, then, then Fred Durst and new metal happened, but like, it's an environment that encourages a certain way of being. And, you know, when you take people out of that, then, you know, the, the daily environment of your house inculcates a certain viewpoint, but also the environment of being within an app on social media brings out only the side of you only that is tapped by that technology. Mm. So with magic.me, with the courses, and now definitely with VR, we're not, you know, a big part of the teaching methodology here is putting people in an environment that brings out the magical side of them. And we, if, if anyone was in the world summits, I mean, definitely you got some of that. And what you were saying, Danny, about, you know, it actually is really important to have a group experiences with other people. Oh, that's, that's vital. Well, because really so critical. much of it's in your head. Yeah. It's so great to do that with other people and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not an insane person. This is real and other people are into it and it's okay that I'm, I'm into it too. Yeah. That's like a really basic thing, but that's super important. It's super important. It's super important. Yeah, and that's something that people have definitely lost because of they're all atomized because of the internet. So we're gonna see what we can do here. It's gonna be really interesting. Raphael, do you want to maybe let's let's segue a little bit from that. Raphael, do you want to talk about the VR and NFT stuff that we're doing? 
and some of the technical yeah, side of so it. So we're 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 gonna have a, a VR space within um, spatial um, for the people that uh, have the Oculus Quest Two. Um, it's gonna be a fun experience, um, you know, uh, especially if you have the VR headset. But you don't need the headset. Like the headset's awesome, but you don't oh, yeah. need it, right? You can do it on your phone or desktop, just as a three. Yeah, you can, you can do it on your phone or desktop. But of course, like if you have the headset, it's it's going to be amazing. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Um, you can use it on your desktop. Your also your phone is. Um, you can download the spatial app. Um, yeah, basically, like if it's on your phone, it will be like a three D. It'll look like Minecraft. It'll look like a three D exactly. game, like a metaverse, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Which it's is pretty, like pretty Minecraft. damn cool already. It's like that's that's metaverse, right? But it's like if you have the headset, you will be in it. Oh, it will yeah. be VR. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um, and it's gonna be included in one of the tiers of the um, NFTs. Yeah. So there's going to be uh, five tiers correct yeah well we might change it before this podcast goes out so we probably shouldn't get too detailed about that but they'll all be visible on the page so m-a-g-i-c-k yeah, all, all, the all the details about uh the nft tiers and 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 which um um how people can get uh access to the the, the vr um space is going to be on the website yeah um so yes, so that that is limited, are, right? Like there's only because yeah, we, we can only do like literally we're limited by the technology. We can only have fifty people in the VR room. Yeah. If we could add more, yeah, we would, and we probably will in the future once they expand that. But for now, we're we're capped at fifty. So basically, first come, first serve. Yeah. So you want to jump on that if you want to be part of that that live ritual experience because we only have fifty slots for that max. Yep. And then let's talk about NFTs, right? Because we're going to do that. We're going to do two things with NFTs. We're going to have the talismans and we're also going to have certificates. So let's talk about certificates real quick if you want to tell people about that. Yeah. So um, people are going to, um, once people complete the course, um, they have the option to um, have their certificate as an NFT. Um, and for those people that, you know, want to opt for that, they'll have to, um, write into support, um, and, and we'll, you know, sort out the details. Well, we'll, um, we'll probably have a more streamlined way to do it than that. Like, I, I don't think they're gonna have to write in, but like basically, but you're, you will need, you will need a, an Ethereum wallet to get the NFT, right? Cause, cause you, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, you would need an Ethereum wallet yeah. and, um, uh, all the instructions will also be on the on the website. Yeah, we'll have the, the instructions will be clear. It's basically it's like, but you're gonna get it as a gift, right? It's like yep. like everyone gets a just to be clear, like everyone gets a, a certificate of completion at the end of the course as a PDF. But for since we're going into the we live in the future now, you can also get it as an NFT, and that means it's permanent on the blockchain. And everyone, you you can one hundred percent prove to 
God, the universe, and everyone that you completed this course because it's permanent on the blockchain and it's going to look really cool. But to get it, you you do need an Ethereum wallet and an OpenSea account, so which is all free. But you'll have to download, and we'll have instructions on this for people who who want that. You will, of course, have to have like a MetaMask wallet, which is a free. It's a that's a free app or or browser extension and and uh, sign and connect it to OpenSea, where we will send you the the NFT if you want it at the end of the course. So that that's for me, pretty exciting. I mean, that's something we're going to be doing a lot of. It's just like, because it, it's like, it's a permanent token that you have completed this training. We're, I think we're probably going to be able to, we should be able to do that for all of our courses going forward, all the new ones at least. So oh, it's yeah. kind of like, it's like, it's a non, nobody can second guess that it's like, oh yeah, like you, you've completed that training. It's a permanent credentialing. So, and then, but we're also going to also, Raphael, if you and Danny want to talk about the talismans, right? Because we're also offering a, we're, uh, we're also releasing a, or minting a limited run of NFTs with this that you can buy to, as a way to get access to the course rather than just purchasing the course, right? You want to talk about that? Yeah. So there are different talismans for different things. If, can I talk about the different kinds of talismans? Yeah, well, they're they're basically mag- they're actual working magical talismans to, that are NFTs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we are going to have talismans for uh, career success. We're going to have talismans for creative success. And there's going to be uh, one talisman that I'm going to spend an extra, extra amount of time on, making sure that it's absolutely perfect. And there's only going to be one of them, and it's going to be for complete financial freedom. So that's going to be really interesting. Nice, and we're, we're deploying. Yeah, yeah. This is so like this is yeah. We're 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 living it up here. We're living the life. Meaning, you know, I've always been the most fascinating thing for me has always been the intersection of magic and technology, and we're just going to push that forward because we're we're going to like you're Dan. You're pretty much layering like a freaking ton of magical technology into these things to make them work as magical talismans. Yeah, I'm using a uh, sigil. I'm using multiple sigil generators and then I'm combining those together with the actual will of what it is. And then I'm throwing that in AI and doing a bunch of iterations oh, until yeah. it comes out. Oh yeah, we didn't say that. So you're using, you're basically working, you're working with, you're not the AI, it's not the AI doing it, but you're working in tandem with artificial intelligence. You're basically combining, you know, like ancient magical technology with artificial intelligence to create these these sigils, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm throwing yeah. in all those correspondences into AI. Yeah. And then we're then we're putting them on the blockchain. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> we're 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 hacking into the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another like super cool experiment. We're gonna do more with that going forward. It's like cause oh. for me, like that overlap of like magic NFTs or magic blockchain and AI is like kind of a nuclear bomb combination that is we, we might be irresponsible for messing with, but like damn, it's it's pretty fascinating. It's pretty cool too. Yeah. Cause my whole goal in life since I've been a teenager is li- literally to live in the movie Hackers from nineteen ninety six. So for those who remember that. So we're we're doing it. Nice. So, but those are limited, right? There's only going to be what thirty three of those. Yep. And so, yep. yeah. So those. So basically, it's just going to be like, yeah. And once you have it, you know, God knows how much in value it could go up. So. Oh, gosh, yeah. Especially since and it's all going to be uh, yeah. on OpenSea too. So for the people that made so much money on uh, uh, JPEGs and Dogecoin <laughs> and you know a bunch of <laughs> you know a bunch of crypto on it. They can be like, oh, cool. I don't have to, you know, convert it into 
uh, USD or any uh, local currency that they, they own straight right there on their wallet. And they got the course and an NFT too. Yeah. So think about that. I mean, you could, you could basically, if you, if you pay for the course this way or in a way that gets you the NFT, it's like you could potentially like make 10 times the amount of what you paid for the course or more <laughs> like just by reselling wait so so Raphael, actually like can you i like we, we've been seeing some great for those who don't know what's going on in the nft world and like i didn't even really get it either even though we've been doing it until like a few weeks ago when we tried to do the invisible friends minting which unfortunately mm -hmm. didn't work for either one of us like can you want to talk about like what's going on here about like the prices that nfts are being minted at and then all of a sudden what people are flipping them for because it's it's insane yeah it's it's like super insane like for example um the the best example is board ape yacht club right um so in the beginning uh last year uh, beginning of like 2021 um nfts uh started picking up and uh there and then comes along this project called board ape yacht club and they were minting for uh, 0.08 eth i believe so at the time that was probably about um a hundred to two hundred dollars and now they're literally selling for like six figures, seven figures, you know, on on the secondary market on OpenSea. Yeah. So pe people that bought in on that project are becoming like millionaires overnight. That that's insane. We're not saying that ours is necessarily going to do that because we, we don't we don't <laughs> yeah. know, right? So, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but you never know. But like that's like Board Ape Yacht Club is obviously like the unicorn. It's the one that everyone yeah. knows and exactly. loves or loves to hate. And but there's like but this is like some of these smaller projects. Like let's just talk about like the Invisible Friends one. I mean, just like. Oh. That yeah. that broke both of our computers, unfortunately, so we couldn't. Yeah, miss it, it. like both yeah, of like, us. It, even though it's not like Board Ape Yacht Club, it still had like a bunch of hide to it. Um, they just crashed the, the website. To to even get that that um, NFT, you had to pay zero point twenty five ETH, and at the time that was uh, four hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and and like as soon as you as you mint it. It was already going for like fifteen thousand dollars. Whoa! And it's yeah. not, and it's not even like being listed at fifteen thousand dollars. People are buying it at fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, yeah. Now imagine one that's actually well, magic talisman to bring you money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I would think that's going to go up again. We don't know. Everyone's we're we're still learning the NFT game, but this yeah. is this is definitely going to be interesting. But like that is like as soon as i saw that i was like okay i didn't really understand nfts until i tried to go through that minting process which unfortunately did not work because then i would have immediately had 15 grand but <laughs> so that's very sad that it did not work for me but it, no one's going to crash our site because you know it's it's a it's a smaller audience i think this, these are like huge release projects but yeah. but yeah like it is ridiculous but like we've been selling a ton of not a ton, but like we've been selling a bunch of NFTs from our gallery, like Danny's NFTs sold. So, but this is a project that, you know, it's kind of like you get the course anyways, why not get something that could, why not in addition to it, get something that could essentially go up in value like a ton. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's a cool experiment. And I, I just think for me, like for me, it's not even about like, I don't want to become like the next board Ape yacht club. It's because there's only 33 of them also, not 10,000, but it's also like, 
for me, just exploring the technology, like exploring any far future technology and overlapping it with magic is just my jam. So whether it's just NFT, AIs, uh, NFTs, AI, blockchain, whatever. Yeah. So also people can pay in crypto now also, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, they can. Yeah. We have instructions on how to do that on the site. So we're, we're, we're embracing web three magic, magic.me 2.0 web 3.0. We're all about it. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe that's a good place to cap it. So unless we're forgetting anything, I mean, we've been going for a long time now. So, cause there's just a lot to talk about. So people can find out about the course at magic.me m-a-g-i-c-k.me it's called out clearly at the top we'll also be posting stuff on instagram and things like that get in on the pre-sale if you you know early before things sell out and it will go live april 23rd but like all these cool things we're talking about like nfts and vr spots and things like that are going to sell out like probably right away so so get it while you can and yeah yeah so and we may we may have to cap the number of seats too if our streaming maxes out so because yeah so get it get it while you still can if you want to be part of the live experience and again you'll have access to the recordings forever but once it's done it's done once it's gone it's gone so get in on it all right so thank you again to both of you for all the awesome work you've been doing. Thanks for being on the show. I'm happy that people can hear from you. And thank you to everyone who listened to our story. Anything I'm forgetting? I don't think so. All right. That's all right. It. Okay, awesome. Well, enjoy checking out the page. I will see everyone in class in Introduction to Magic on April 23rd, and we're going to have an awesome time. All right. Talk to everyone later. Bye.